Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing. It's Dave from Real, and thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Every week I am to bring you seven or so minutes of real estate gold that I hope better positions you in your next real estate transaction, helping you make and save tens of thousands of dollars, regardless of what it might be uh, as to your aspiration in real estate. Um, often people come to me with queries and questions with respect to what's going on in our industry. Uh, certainly other industry leaders call upon me for comments and advice. The media have called me on several occasions over the last six to 12 months as my profile has risen as a result of these podcasts and of course the newsletter that goes out to now thousands and thousands of people. Uh, if you haven't already registered for that newsletter, you can certainly do so. You can email me directly on daves at realagents.properties. No.coms, no.au's for truly international. So that's Dave's, D-A-B-E-S, at realagents.properties, P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I-E-S. Send me an email and I'll happily respond uh, to you and provide you with my thoughts as to what's going on as best I can. But the biggest request for opinion over the last 12 months wasn't about our business, unfortunately, but it was about Purple Bricks. So it seemed the moment that the big media spend was over, purple bricks have now shriveled into an irrelevancy. Having spent over $8 million with Channel 7 and hundreds of thousands of dollars in other marketing initiatives, what was exalted to be an industry disruptor is now fading into obscurity. Now the TV ads have stopped. After the biggest corporate loss of any real estate business, in Australia's history, Purple Bricks has been around now long enough for people to see through the false claims and unfulfilled promises. And all the millions of dollars spent on TV simply won't save it. So why? I'll get back to that in a moment. But a brief background. When Purple Bricks was launched, I was asked to comment on it by the media, uh, asked to blog about it to my followers, and was asked a lot about it in person at open inspections and in appraisals. It's fair to say people were very curious as to what Purple Bricks was offering. The reason I've not made any public uh, displays or analysis about Purple Bricks um, is because I'm not against a disruptor coming into our industry. And although I was not convinced Purple Bricks was the game changer it purported to be, I was nonetheless prepared to offer them the benefit of the doubt rather than just jump on the bandwagon of agents bashing the newcomer. Naturally, agents didn't like Purple Bricks entering the marketplace. They were envious of their massive marketing budget and ability to cut through the collective consumer consciousness in a way that no other real estate business has done before. Several agents panicked by the emergence of the brand and seriously contemplated leaving the industry. Uh, when they saw the emergence of purple brick signboards pop up in their area. It seemed quite dramatic and their impact was very immediate. It is fair to say many industry insiders were initially seriously spooked, but most were pragmatic enough to see it through. The successful agents, those experienced agents out there, know that the majority of the business is generated by old clients and those long-term relationships weren't going to be so easily disrupted by an untrusted and untested alternative. So why is Purple Bricks failing to build on its early momentum? Well, there's a multitude of reasons as to why Purple Bricks isn't taking off, but I'll focus on a few. The model, the quality of people on the ground, 
the misleading advertising debacle and the terrible branding are the issues which I believe impede it the most. So let's talk about the model. The lead generation is top down with purple bricks, whilst the best of our industry are bottom up. For instance, the best agents in our industry are on the ground, involved in the community. They live local to their service area and generate their business from people they meet on the ground and nurture these relationships over time to develop return business and referrals. In contrast, Purple Bricks who advertise on TV and distribute their lead generation that's generated as a result of the big media spend to a few regional managers who rarely enjoy any prior relationship with the potential home seller. These managers are not paid a commission as many real estate agents are, but rather a, a salary. So aren't incentivized to sell, but are incentivized to list. So home sellers with purple bricks don't pay a fee to sell their home, but pay purple bricks to list a home. Now that concept is unpalatable to many home sellers who appreciate paying for results and also like to be able to reserve the right not to pay a fee if the job is not done. Most are happy to pay for a sale, but equally feel that if the property does not sell, then they should not be paying for the service, which seems fair enough. The other factor with Purple Bricks is that the fees just weren't cheap enough. In South Australia, the average selling fee is around 2%, and I think that bodes right across Australia. Naturally, this depends on the value of the property, but unlike the United Kingdom where Purple Bricks began, in Australia, agents do an extraordinary amount compared to agents from around the world. Essentially, agents take care of the whole process in Australia, from arranging the marketing materials, to attending open inspections and private viewings, to compiling the necessary contracts, cooling off papers, and of course, negotiating the outcome. In the UK, agents do not attend the show-throughs uh, and open inspections, whilst lawyers comprise the paperwork. The marketing is far less sophisticated in the United Kingdom, with a lot less elements, so the fees in the United Kingdom are much higher for the agent to do a whole lot less. I think Purple Bricks underestimated to the extent that agents manage the entire process here in Australia and the degree that consumers expected the same from them also. The people. I would hate to tar their whole team with the same brush, but generally speaking, Purple Bricks recruited low-performing, order-taking agents. They certainly did not pick from the best of the industry. Those that couldn't make it in traditional real estate environments were those that found themselves quickly at Purple Bricks. They say your business is only as good as the people within it and time and again the acumen of their agents let them down. Not one, yes, not one single agent is what you would call a high performing agent. Purple Bricks weren't able to recruit any of the best agents in the country. Why? Well, even an average agent makes more than a Purple Bricks agent. Their failure to explain what Purple Bricks don't do misled many people into thinking that Purple Bricks was a full service agency. And many were shocked to find that they were charged extra to do open inspections and weren't being offered the full array of service that a traditional agent offers. Misleading conduct. It wasn't long before Purple Bricks fell on the wrong side of the fair trading guidelines as their claims around their fees were found to be false or misleading or both. 
having spent millions convincing consumers that they weren't paying commissions, they were forced to more accurately represent their fees uh, in their marketing materials. This really halted Purple Bricks' momentum as they went from being real estate outsiders keeping the bastards honest to losing credibility in the eyes of many consumers and earning the tag of misleading real estate agents, which I believe irrevocably damaged their brand and position as a trusted alternative. Branding. Cheap is what sums up the perception of Purple Bricks branding. The style of the brand is neither aspirational nor attractive. It is very, very retail and may suit a low-cost supermarket chain, but Australia's relative affluence and brand-savvy consumer found little to like in the cheap and less-than-cheerful branding which seemed developed by a team of 14-year-old girls. It marked anyone as a Purple Bricks home seller as a bit of a cheapskate, not a savvy consumer with a cool new alternative, as they may have hoped, and suggested a home buyers that a better deal was had when a Purple Bricks sign was on the front lawn. Purple Bricks was soon thought to be barely a step up from being a private seller who had weak representation. Many buyers started targeting their listings in search of bargains. The signs in many cases were core flute, which is like a plastic cardboard, and there seemed a disproportionate amount of their listings with very poor quality photography and online presentation. This poor quality marketing may have been acceptable 10 or so years ago, but the game has well and truly moved on here in Australia. And as a new competitor in the space, Purple Bricks marketing looked backward and tired instead of vibrant, fresh and cool as a new brand should. Now, what I think of the brand really doesn't matter because a German media giant loves Purple Bricks and has just invested about 168 million euros into the brand. And so we will see them around for many years to come. And perhaps they will learn from their mistakes, dust themselves off and deliver a value equation that consumers find irresistible. But I doubt that will happen in the short term, in fact, at all. And for the reasons I've already outlined. Real estate is a bottom-up industry. It's people and community first. It's relationships and trust build over time. Now, even within our industry, 20% of the agents make 80% of the money and Purple Bricks need to learn what those 20% do and do it better if they're going to make it in Australia. I guess they're my thoughts on Purple Bricks nicely summarised and I know Purple Bricks has expanded quite dramatically and all around the world they now have a presence in the, not just the UK but across continental Europe in Australia and expanding into America. Um, they're certainly, uh, I guess, creating waves wherever they go. It's very reminiscent to me of Remax when Remax was a buzz. Um, now, people in North America and Canada would be largely familiar with the Remax experience and it exploded across North America in the 1980s and 90s and in the early 2000s started to wane somewhat. Now, it launched here in the 1990s in Australia and um, when I joined Remax, uh, 16 years ago, there was 13 offices here in Adelaide alone. Well, that soon shriveled back to four, and now there's none in South Australia. And I see Purple Bricks going through that similar experience. Now, it's been said of Remax that it needs to fail in a region before it can succeed. And perhaps that's the case with Purple Bricks, and I certainly wish them well. They have done something that no other real estate brand has been able to do, and that is encourage massive investment 
from media giants. Now, you've got to wonder why it is that media giants are so keen to invest in real estate companies. Uh, well, it's because the biggest spend in Rupert Murdoch's media empire here in Australia, the News Limited Empire, is the real estate industry. Billions of dollars are spent by home sellers. This is facilitated through real estate agents and finds its way into News Limited's coffers every year. So it's easy to see why that German media giant would want to see their hands on that network. They actually don't care so much about the fees that are generated from that, although I'm sure that's fine. They'd love that. But moreover, it's the advertising revenue that's generated as a result of the people selling their homes. Now, just to put that into perspective for you, in Australia right now, the average selling fee is $10,000. The average spend on marketing is $3,000. So you can see what's going on here. A real estate company that does all the work in deriving the business, uh, the years spent developing a relationship with the client, the the competition as there's, is certainly a very competitive space. The agent secures the business, then they've got to sell the property, they've got to market in order to sell it. The company, let's say it's a traditional 50-50 split between the salesperson and the, and the business, and so out of that $10,000 commission, the real estate agent's getting $5,000. Out of that $5,000, uh, they've got to pay their tax, their super, and all the bibs and bobs, so they might end up with about $3,000, and guess who also ends up with $3,000? Yep. Rupert Murdoch ends up with about $3,000 out of transaction as well. And what did he do? Well, he certainly developed great relationships with real estate principals and uh, real estate corporate officers in order to ensure that the dollars found their way to him. But at the end of the day, it's the real estate fee that's been contracting over the last 20 or so years. Certainly since deregulation, which is a phenomenon that hit Australia in the 1990s, early 1990s. Deregulation meant that fees went from being on average in uh, in terms of percentage around that 3% to 2%. So a third has come out of that. And increasingly people want more from their overall spend with the agent and the consumer considers that overall spend to include the advertising budget. So out of that $13,000 that they're spending, they want to see more marketing. They want to see more spend in the areas. They want to see their home in more places being advertised. And of course, where does that come from? Well, that's ultimately that pressure, that fee pressure comes out of the agent side. So it's easy to see why a media company would want to have a substantial stake within a real estate uh, empire. And Purple Bricks are, well, they're the biggest platform that's, uh, well, the biggest and fastest growing platform internationally right now. So I'm Dave from Real. They're my thoughts on Purple Bricks. And if there's any other suggestions, never hesitate to reach out to me. You can always do that via email, daves at realagents.properties. That's my email address. That's daves, D-A-V-E-S, at realagents, or one word, dot properties. P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I-E-S. You can email me a suggestion for one of our podcast subjects or should you wish to, for me to comment or be involved in your podcast on any real estate related matters, never hesitate to reach out to me. I'm Dave from Real. Thanks for joining me on the podcast wherever you might be around the world and I look forward to joining you next week. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Dave Sovereign Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes and we look forward to bringing you more next week.